Hi, I'm Krista Kelso. Welcome to Be Free Indeed. If you're struggling with depression or anxiety, or you love someone who is, you're in the right place. We care because we're on that journey with you. Come and join us. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Be Free Indeed today. And uh, we're on episode three. We're feeling a little more comfortable. We're breathing a little deeper. Hey, Andrea. Hi. Well, <laughs> how are you feeling today? I'm great. Good. This is fun. Good, good, good. <laughs> so um, we're going to talk about lies. And I have a very special guest today. I have known this amazing woman I think it has to be 50 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> I am. Yeah. Where so, are the lies in this? <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so I went to junior high camp. Church camp. Thank you. Junior high camp um, back in Indiana, and I had a camp counselor, and it was Connie. And so we had a fun weekend, I guess. I didn't remember it, but fast forward probably 30 years. I'm not sure how many, 20 or 30 years. Yeah. And um, I met Connie at at a church potluck. I was actually speaking there for something else. And um, in California. In California. And she looked at me, she goes, you don't remember me, do you? And I said, no, I don't remember you. And she told me that she was my camp counselor. It was so cool. Um, And now she's a leader with Be Free Indeed. Fill in some gaps. Oh, my. Well, uh, to begin with, I am the elder statesman of this community. And so they have the given <laughs> so they have given me the the privilege of talking about lies because I've had more time to sucker in to more lies. Well, let me say this: we have a, a really better name for you. What's that? Mama Connie. Mama Connie. And I love that. Okay. I love that. You can say you can tell why. Before before I jump into one of my stories, I feel like I have 14. I just want to read something that I wrote so I wouldn't forget to say it. And that is, I have learned that knowing the truth about ourselves and God's love for us is key to freedom. Otherwise, we are vulnerable to the enemy's lies, which bring bondage. And learning to let go of those lies has been a harsh lesson but a worthwhile lesson. I um, grew up in Arkansas in a Christian family, and um, I was the third of three girls, and I was supposed to have been a boy. And I was told often that I was supposed to have been the son. So I felt somewhat unwanted, unnecessary, just not the right one. And that stayed with me, and that lie grew and grew in me. And when I started high school, we moved to Springfield, Missouri, and the high school I went to was as large as the town I had lived in in Arkansas. 
So now, not only was I not right, I was invisible. And I was just lost, just really, really lost. But because of my Christian upbringing and my personal faith, I made a decision that I wanted to be in Christian service. That just sounded like the answer to perfection for me. However, not being perfect myself, I failed miserably, to say the least. Um, I did go to a Christian college. I did marry a Christian man. I was two months pregnant when we got married, and Satan moved in and set up camp that I definitely was not worth anything and that I could not be forgiven. And so my role was to pretend, pretend to be perfect, pretend to have it all together, pretend to know what everybody else should do, because I thought they could be forgiven. I just knew that I couldn't be. It was a hard life. It was self-imposed. I get that now. But at the time, I just, I didn't know any way out. Later on, I came became friends with, with a Christian counselor and um, did some, read some books, went to some conferences, um, did some counseling and all the things that I thought would bring me the freedom that I was looking for, but it didn't. It just deepened my despair mm. and it heightened the lie that I was not going to be forgiven and that I was not loved. And the very day that that husband moved out and left me alone was the day God spoke to me and wrapped his arms around me and said, you are so loved and you will never be alone. You are my child. And I see you. I see you. And it changed the direction of my life, needless to say. <sighs> Do you want to breathe there? Can I interject something? Yes, please. <laughs> Where's I'm that tissue? To, I'm trying to breathe for you. The next time I saw Mama Connie was after that had happened. And... She was trying to sneak in to our church and be anonymous. And so, invisible. Invisible, <laughs> on purpose. And uh, it was at a women's retreat that she tried to do that. And all of a sudden, we were going through the line to get food. And I looked up and I went, hi. And she, she was not, she, was, she didn't have her sparkle that day, for sure. <laughs> I wanted to crawl under the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she wouldn't let me. Yeah. You know, I've, I've had different feelings for you over the years. But that day, I just, I had such a love for you when you told me what was going on in your life. And I knew that you needed to be in a community that didn't judge. And so um, I was so pleased to find out that you'd gotten an apartment 
just about <laughs> actually steps right down from our neighborhood. And I happen to have had three, after infertility of 10 years, three boys in four years. Three boys in four years. And Mama Connie loved our boys. She came to our home and helped me with those boys and we became family. And our boys still call her Mama Connie and now many more do. It was one of the greatest honors and privileges of my life to be accepted into the family and to be treated with honor. It was it was wonderful. And um, over the years, you know, um, I still had some pangs of unforgiveness. I wasn't really free. And about two years ago, Krista said that there was going to be this uh, conference at the church on um, inner healing. I didn't know what inner healing was. I just knew I didn't have it. But I figured, oh, I've tried everything else. I'll try this too. You know, what the heck. You talk about life changing. To know that there is the God who is with me at all times and the Holy Spirit who has been right beside me and Jesus who is giving me truth and giving me love and giving me hope is an amazing amount of freedom. I don't mind saying that I'm 72, <laughs> and some of my friends have said, well, don't you resent the fact that you just now know this? I said, no, I am so thankful to be where I am in my life and to know the joy that is for me now. I don't have to worry about yesterday because I can't go back, but I can go forward, and that's what I want to do is go forward. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I can say that I just met you um, not even a year and a half ago as our, um, our women's group, uh, Gals Like Us, started. And that was just after a very difficult time in your life. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what inner healing um, had a part to do with in that time, but would you share kind of what led up to the group starting in your life? Yes. Um, after that conference, I uh, asked that my name be put on the list at the Mountain View Church in San Juan Capistrano for inner healing. And in the meantime, back five years up, I had remarried, and um, or more more years than that, but um, my husband and I had moved to Colorado. We retired, moved to Colorado, loved it, had a great time, and then he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and he wanted to go home, which was California. I didn't want to leave. I couldn't imagine why. <laughs> what could be in California for me? I've lived there before. Please don't make me go back there. Now I get it. At the time, I didn't get it. But in the process of that year after the conference, um, my husband did pass away. Mm 
And I got the call on the very day that he passed away that my name had come up, and I was invited to join the inner healing sessions. And I said, I'm so sorry. I don't even know if I can breathe. I certainly can't be digging around in my past. So they said, take your time. We'll get back to you. And in about three months, they called, and I said, yes, I, I was ready. And from that moment, I have been taking off weights off of my shoulders and off of my back, things that I've carried for years and years and years that I didn't even have to, but I didn't know how to let them go. And the lies were so ingrained in me that I believed them. I believed that um, I wasn't forgivable. I believed that I was unlovable. Even though I loved people, I needed to hide and keep myself secret because if they found out who I was, they would reject me. But what I've found is when I'm real, they love me. Wow, what a concept. <laughs> okay, you are the most authentic, real 72-year-old. Actually, I think about most of my friends because you, your freedom has brought not only joy, but hilarity. We, we, we laugh a lot. We do laugh. And, <laughs> you know, life is challenging, but if there's humor, you can keep moving forward. And that's part of what I like to do is find the humor and laugh and put another step forward. You do that really well. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't want to do this today. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> she... She did not want to do this. She said no. And I was like, so I'm talking to Jesus in my mind. I'm like, Jesus. And he's like, press her. <laughs> Gently press in. You said yes. I'm I said so yes. And I said yes to this phase of my life, which um, I feel very alive, and I do not feel old. I do not want to be old. I've asked my grandchildren not to say that I'm old, even though they think I am. But um, for this part of my life, this season of my life, I want to be sensitive to things that are coming through the pipeline, and instead of immediately believing them and going down the wrong path, but being able to say, hmm, that might have been a lie. I better ask Jesus. Was that from you? No. Well, go away. I'm not doing that. I still have choices. I still have big choices I have to make every day. And he still keeps throwing lies at me as if I were going to eat. And I say, no, I'm not eating anymore. And I'm not that cocky. I'm not that confident. It's just with freedom, there comes so much joy. 
and so much you want everybody else to have it. I, that That's the thing that has surprised me is that, yes, I didn't want to do this today, but I love to tell people what has happened in my life because I'm changed. Even my kids say, who are you? <laughs> it's it's the best life I've ever had, I can say that for sure. Mm. And part of it is because of my community of friends and those that I can can lean on and yeah. know that I'm loved. That's important is to know that I'm loved. Mm. You couldn't be more loved. Well, maybe you could, but I couldn't love you anymore. I love you so much. And, um, you know, I think about just this idea of lies. And I mean, Satan has a job description that's, that's, you know, very clear in the Bible that he is the father of lies. That's what God has called him, but he is here to steal, kill, and destroy. And that is in the same verse where Jesus says, I come to give you life and I give you life abundantly. But the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy. I, I don't know. what I, I just feel like we need to understand that. A lot of people, I, I know somebody very close to me that has said, I used to believe that if I didn't even think about that I had an enemy, that he wouldn't have any power. And I said, well, how has that worked for you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like we we have to recognize the fact that there is evil. And you can look at our world with poverty and and hunger and the worst things that happen to people, and people blame God. How can you blame God when... God designed us to have an abundant life and to bless us, but he gave us free will. And if, if he's going to give us the will to choose him or not choose him, then there's an opportunity for there to be evil. And God chooses because of his love for us to restrain that power, I guess. But that's, that's where all of those awful things come from is the, the results of evil. And so I, I guess for me and Andrea, I know you got something burning that you want to say, but for me, it's like, just call it out, you know? And if you hear a lie, if it's not you and it's not Jesus, guess who it is? <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Well, one thing that's encouraging about your story, Connie, and you kind of touched on it is it's, it's never too late to, um, you know, find freedom from, you know, whether it's your past or um, lies that you believe about yourself or developing a relationship with Jesus or whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> when I met you in Gals Like Us, it was only two or three months after your husband had passed away, and already you had the courage to share some of your story in front of the group. Something that I don't think you had ever shared. You had never shared that before. No, because when you're in hiding, you don't share. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you don't have to share what you shared in that meeting. But I just had so much respect for that because 
I was sitting back thinking like, okay, this woman just lost her husband like three months ago. And now she's sharing some of her deepest, darkest pains with a a group of women that you didn't really know a lot of the women in that room. And just the the courage that you had to do that. And it, it seemed to me like just completely just being willing, you know, and that was kind of in since that time, the inner, inner healing journey that you've been on, um, I guess maybe just what that experience has been and just over, I guess a year and a half now, how much your life has changed from inner healing. I, I have learned to keep my hands open and say, I'm not sure, but I'm willing. And I'm still not sure, but I'm willing. And he keeps giving me opportunities to just to be an encouragement to other people. And I particularly like young women uh, because my heart goes out from where I was when I was a young woman, the burdens that I carried. If I can help someone else, get rid of their burdens, that's more than enough reason for why I had the opportunity. Um, the inner healing process um, has revealed a lot more of the lies that I believed. Um, one of the lies uh, that has um, been a stronghold, I guess, is that um, came from my daddy that uh, he would say, we're poor as Job's turkeys. Now, no one other than in Arkansas know what that means. <laughs> but if you know Job of the Bible, he lost everything. And obviously his turkeys didn't have anything either. So... <laughs> we were Really? <laughs> we were poor as Job's turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> and the second part to that second verse to that song is, and we're not worthy. That's just it. We're just not worthy. I have had an enormous lesson in the worth that God places on me since my husband passed away. It's not because he passed away, but it's since he passed away. Um, it was a battle, um, but we found out uh, through many trips to the hospital and several different doctors that what he actually was battling with was multiple myeloma, which was a result of Agent Orange from his time in Vietnam. I knew nothing about that. I mean, I wasn't married to him at that time, and he didn't talk much about Vietnam. But I was encouraged to um, seek the compensation from the VA that was due his wife. And it came, and I was absolutely blown away because I did not know how I was going to be able to keep my home, tiny as it is, it's mine. And I didn't want to have to move. I wasn't ready to move in with my children. And this has allowed me the freedom to stay home. 
and to, to know every day that God says, you are worth it. I'm going to take care of you. You didn't think about this way. I would have never dreamed it would come that way. Um, it's just, there's just so much I can't even begin to, to say. So you're not a turkey. I'm not a turkey. No, <laughs> I, I, I might be. I'm not a, yeah, well, whatever. Um, <laughs> I have three children. I have seven grandchildren. And in the process of, of these years, this year and a half, I have had some wonderful um, times of restoration with my children and my grandchildren. Um, I've been through two attempted suicides with my daughter and uh, was the one in both instances that kept her from finishing the job. And um, she is now a wonderful friend to me. And I am committed to sharing my inner healing with her because she still has some lies that she's believing. But I'm so grateful that this has come to me so that I can can share it. I have a son who has gone through a ugly divorce in the last few months, and he and I have been able to laugh and cry and talk about how painful divorce is, but how gracious God is to give us other chances. Life does go on. It's just Every day seems to be something that God opens up and says, hmm, I'm here. Or do you see me? <laughs> <laughs> that probably didn't answer your question. I'm sorry. Well, one of the things that has come to me in listening to just the last couple of things that you've said is that you've opened your hands. And God keeps putting things in your hands and... One of the things, I mean, you have so many aspects of leadership that we treasure at Be Free Indeed. And I remember when God gave me the idea and the dream and the vision for this, I remember the message that I got from God is never say my ministry. And and I, and I thought to myself, oh, I like that a lot. <laughs> and I sensed that he was saying, it's always me and you. So you and me, Jesus. And I, I said, I really like that. And, um, and so he told me first to recruit women to pray. And not that men are not, that can't pray. But he told me 12 women. And I just took my pen out and wrote, as fast as I could. I mean, it was like, I wrote, I wrote, I wrote. He gave me every woman's name, every woman's name. And of course you were in there. So you began to pray. And along with the other women, of, you know who you are. And I'm so, so grateful for you. And many, many things have happened since then. And when I asked you if you would 
come alongside me and join me in starting this group, I knew I cannot walk in that room alone and, and do this. And I didn't really struggle with anxiety before I started this ministry. I honestly <laughs> didn't. It was all depression <laughs> or hypomania or whatever. But um, You switched teams. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you came alongside me and then a few months ago when, you know, I felt the Lord nudging a little more. Okay. So we've done one live event and we've done a few groups and the idea was brought to me by actually another person. Why don't you do another live event? So many people can come and they can, you know, meet, meet all that are involved in the ministry. And I thought, forget it. No. So of course the Lord's like, that was me. So we're doing this. And, but he, he met, he's, he gave me the message so clearly that you are not be free. Indeed. You are not doing this alone and that you will not be the person that puts the wheels on it. And, oh, I love that. I loved it. <laughs> Wheels on the bus go around. Like, she's around. Looking at me. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm looking at both of you. I'm looking at both of you. And I'm so grateful. And I'm not going to get into this much more because I won't be able to, to get through it. But to have a team, to be a team, um, is just means the world to me. And one of the things that um, Connie told me, I said, I said, you know what? We got to like figure out who's going to do what, you know, there's three of us and I kind of know what I'm supposed to do and definitely know what she's supposed to do. <laughs> she's extremely talented in um, organization administration, but tons more things, leadership. And I, I said, well, who's going to handle the money and, you know, kind of some of the admin stuff. And I asked Connie, I said, what do you think? And she goes, well, I did do that. Tell, tell the rest of that story. When I was living in uh, Colorado, uh, my daughter um, established a fostering, oh. Nonprofit. Nonprofit, and um, she needed help. And so I became her accountant, her secretary, her golfer. I did all but what she did. And then another person from my church said she needed help, and she had a ministry in Honduras, and could I please do her books and keep her books done and do her bank and da-da-da-da-da. And I said, sure, whatever, never knowing that this was going to come today. <laughs> There's just such a strong thread of guidance in my life. This is you know. fun. <laughs> it's exciting. It is. Like I've, I mean, my mental health journey has been decades as well. And I mean, I never thought I would have so much fun. <laughs> fun just, um, I don't know, just to be passionate about something that like knowing that I'm, I'm doing what God made me to do. You know, that my, my mental health struggles doesn't define who I am. It actually makes me stronger because, you know, I'm, 
I'm finding freedom in what used to be in my life, devastation. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's exciting to see how committing to Jesus and allowing, you know, I have so much weakness, <laughs> you know, but plugging into Jesus and really allowing him to heal me from the inside out. You know, I, I'm very committed to taking medication. I'm very open about that. And I have my own doctors and whatnot. I have my own staff. But, <laughs> but, but the, how different my life is combining that with growing in my faith has just been, it's been amazing. And to, to be on this journey with both of you, but so many other people, and and we have you know a lot of men getting involved too. It's exciting, and really great. yeah, this you know our group is growing, and we've got um, some men in leadership stepping up and and forming um, new groups, not just our women's group. So that's really exciting. And another thing that was important you brought up is you know being a, a parent or family member of those that struggle. That's it's certainly, you know, the audience that we're, we want to be a part of our community as well. And Connie, I just want to thank you again for having the courage as we <laughs> twist your arm behind your back. <laughs> to come today. You're so welcome. <laughs> Before we close, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us or the viewers? I just think the, the thing that comes to my mind is that uh, freedom is not a one-time event. Um, mm-hmm. As we discover areas that need to be healed, uh, wounding that needs to be healed, that doesn't mean you didn't find freedom in the other areas. It just means there's more work to be done. And God is gracious. God is patient. And he will bring those things to mind as you are able to deal with them. Thank you. Mm. That's a really good word. Yes. Um, well, we just want to um, express the importance of uh, safety and well-being of everyone. It's very important for everyone to know that um, we are not um, doing this as professional counselors. Mm-hmm. We are just those that have um, just been on our own journey of uh, mental health recovery, and we want to... Um, just make sure that our audience knows if you are in a place right now where you feel that you need um, additional help, that um, please consider calling 911 if you're in a, in a dark spot. But also we want to share the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Their number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Um, This lifeline is available 24-7 and provides free and confidential support for people in distress, prevention, and crisis resources for you or your loved ones. Um, We also have um, our website. If you'd like to send us an email and connect with us, that's uh, BeFreeIndeed.net. And one more thing, if you have the time, we would um, greatly appreciate if you go on iTunes and give some feedback and review for our podcast as we're just getting these going and would like to just um, improve on that and and offer offer suggestions would be great. Awesome. Thank you so much. So... If you're feeling bad and you just don't know what to do, um, I was thinking when you were reading that, I think tell someone, 
you know, if you're thinking I'd be better gone and everybody else would be better gone, first thing, tell someone that cares about you and um, go from there. We're here because we care about you. We're here because we are walking this journey with you. There is hope. Hang on and join us next time. Thank you for joining us today on the Be Free Indeed podcast, hosted by Krista Kelso and Andrea Lundine. Learn more about us at BeFreeIndeed.net. Be Free Indeed ministry is funded by churches, foundations, and individuals like you. Join our efforts by making a donation now at BeFreeIndeed.net. Our show is engineered by Andy Lara at AndyLikesWords.com and co-produced with Sherry Alden. Filming of the show is provided by Kevin Reyes at WolfieStudios.co. Special thanks to our location hosts, John and Margaret Snyder. Find and follow us on social media at Be Free Indeed Ministry. Lastly, subscribe to our show today wherever you listen to podcasts. When you have a moment, we'd love your feedback and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.